All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to finish what we started last week. I always like to finish what I start last week. Amen. Had a wonderful week. I appreciate the Sunday school ministry of our church. I'm telling you, it's more than a class. It's a ministry. I've seen some of you sliding in about 11.15, about 11, because those doors have glass, and I can see when people come and go. I can see when y'all go to sleep and don't rise up, nod, don't come back up. I see a lot of things. I mean, I'm losing my sight, but I got a preacher's viewpoint. But I want to tell you the viewpoint of Sunday school. Come to Sunday school for a ministry. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Last night we had a blast up at the Palumbo's house. Half the class was sick, but we just ate their food and went on anyway. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I said, I got I to gotta fill the gap. So I ate three desserts and said, I'm, I'm eating uh, the dessert for Miss Lois and for others. You know, this didn't feel like coming because they're sick. And uh, it was a great time. And let me just say this, the reason Sunday school is important is because you get to know people and minister to each other, and it's not just the knowledge, and it's not the overflow of knowledge from the teacher to the, to the student, it's student ministering to student, it's heart to heart, uh, and so you're missing how the church is organized through Sunday school, that's Sunday school, this is, you don't meet anybody on a pew, and it's kind of a can handshaking during the handshaking time, but you get to minister to people as you visit each other and as you have fun together, and I think Christmas is a great fun time. By the way, I've got a lot of ground beef that anybody would like to buy because we counseled the progressive supper Friday night of the youth meeting. So if anybody would like to buy some, I'm selling it cheap, amen? It's uh, for the spaghetti we didn't have. And it's my fault we did not have the progressive supper. I prayed for snow. I never prayed for snow, but I prayed for snow because my granddaughter is going back to South Africa She's never seen snow, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm moving slow, and Mimi's moving slow, because she played. we played out in the snow for two solid days. Amen? I'm dead. I'm telling you what. I said, another snowman? We built neighbor's snowman. We had snowman fire. Woo! I said, glory to God. Go back to South Africa. No, I didn't really. Uh, uh, she had fun. She had a good time. So thank you for uh, that. I know all of you were cooking and prepared and decorating. Some took off work to host the youth meeting, but it's my fault. I prayed for snow, and I'll pray for it again, not on Sunday. Amen. I think it's a sin to snow on Sunday. But anyway, uh, Friday, that's fine. Amen. And we'll make up that progressive supper, youth, I promise you. But we had a good time. I'm just saying this. Uh, you either party together or party with the world. You party with the world, you'll be like the world. Amen. Just go ahead and hang around the world. It'll rub off on you. It'll bring you down to the gutter. But if you party with uh, God's people, I hopeful, hopefully it'll bring you up. Amen. Like last night, they had 40-something at the, at the vision class fellowship. We had four or something, I think. No, not really. And uh, it, it's just great. Brother Jeremy brought a great devotion, and it's a blessing. Oh, we start our Christmas offering tonight. We need $50,000 to remodel this auditorium. And because we need $50,000 to remodel the auditorium. Our Christmas offering this year is going to go to the Hall family for their ticket back to South Africa. So we're giving missions first, trusting God to take care of the home front. Amen? And you say, why aren't we building a new auditorium? Because we built a whole lot of buildings in a whole lot of countries. And I'm going to tell you something, God's blessed. I've already had a fellow that's probably going to donate the carpet this week. And so God's going to, God's going to bless us on that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. God's going to take care of us. We'll keep praying. Amen. Hope you notice the new lights we put up front. They do not put out any heat. And I'm a, 
I get hot every time up here, so I wanted heatless lights, amen? And I like those, amen. Thank God Jason's a good electrician. All right, Matthew chapter 1. So bring your Christmas offering. We'll have Christmas offering envelopes. We'll have the box up here. And it takes a whole lot of money to get back to South Africa for a big family. And so I want to be a blessing to the Hall family. That'll be our annual Christmas offering, okay? All for that, say amen. amen. But don't just say amen, give something. Amen, okay. Matthew chapter 1. I love missions, don't you? I'll beg for missionaries every day. I won't say a word for myself. Christmas is about giving. But it's all right to get some gifts too, amen? Tonight I'll prove to you that it's scriptural for that Christmas tree to be in that lobby. I'm going to prove to you scripturally. I'm also going to prove to you scripturally it's, it's uh, all right to have a Christmas tree in your home. I'm going to prove to you. So you come back tonight and uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little good time about Christmas, why you ought to celebrate it, how you ought to celebrate it, and why you should celebrate it. Last week, we was in the genealogy, and that's about as interesting some, to some people as watching sap come out of a pine tree. But I want to tell you something, friend, if you'll look at the genealogy of Jesus, it's one of the most exciting passages. This is a connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is to the Jews, and folks, the Jews were very big on lineage. I mean, they were just really hung up on that, who, the, who was the son of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And last week, we saw four things that I really didn't have time to point out, but I want to point out real quick in review. We saw the grief. There was four ladies that went through a lot of grief. Three of them were morally defiled. One of them was a Gentile, a Moabite named Ruth. Folks, that's in the lineage of Jesus. The only time that Rahab the harlot's not meant say, uh, uh, called a harlot is in the lineage of Jesus. Now folks, if that don't bless your heart, nothing will. I'm telling you, friend, in the genealogy of Jesus, we not only see grief, but we see the grace of God. Folks, it's the grace of God that God can use any of us, but He used three people that were morally defiled, and then He used a, 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 a Gentile in the lineage of Joseph, which led to Jesus. And Joseph was the adoptive father. We see not only the grief and, and the grace, but we see the glory. Because the only time the king is mentioned is in verse 6, when it says, David, the king. And so, folks, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so, folks, he had to be the lineage of David because Jesus said he'd be the lineage of David. I don't have time to go back and read those verses in Psalms and 2 Samuel. But, folks, listen, it's a place of glory. It's, the lineage is glorious. The lineage is, is graceful. And, folks, I want to tell you something. The lineage is about God. When you get to verse 16, we see that Joseph begat Jacob, but then after it says Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom the born Jesus, who is called Christ, there's no begot there. You know why? Because Joseph had nothing to do with the birth of Christ biologically. Folks, he, listen, he was shocked, and I'm going to preach on that in just a minute. He thought, man, maybe I ought to put her away or even have her killed because that was the breaking of the betrothal. That was the real divorce in the New Testament time uh, because she was with child. But she was not with child from a man. She was with child from the Holy Ghost. The immaculate conception, the virgin birth, is pictured in the genealogy of Christ. Isn't it wonderful to see how wonderful the Bible is that he'd leave out a begot at the right time because Joseph did not begot Jesus. God 
gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. Something's wrong. I don't know if it's a monitor down or something, but I'm just not right. But y'all pray that I get right before I preach, preach this whole message. Amen. And so folks, listen, uh, genealogies are important. It's estimated that uh, there's millions of people that research their family tree. I don't know why. Brother uh, uh, Howard, I believe, was mentioned in the party last night, the, the glory party. We was out partying, praise God. And uh, eating, oh my goodness. I tell you, I, I ate all the absentees food, but it was good. Amen. And um, coconut pie, I mean, good night. We old folks, we might not party much, but we sure can eat. But uh, listen, I want to tell you something. He asked me, he said, have you checked in your DNA lately? $59.95, it's advertised. And I thought, why should I? Because I'll guarantee you half my lineage would be a bunch of criminals in the jail somewhere, amen? I don't, I don't think I'm kin to anybody. Everybody asks me if I'm kin to Garland Cofield, the great missionary from Canada. I said, no, but I'd like to be, praise God. But I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm joint heir with Jesus. I'm a, I'm a child of the king. I'm not apologizing to it, but I want to tell you something, friend. It's estimated that uh, 88 million people every single month uh, get on the search engine, uh, 88 million people now, to check their genealogy, their tree. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to look for money. That's probably it, isn't it? Amen. I don't know if they're trying to look for disease and see why they're so sick, and they can blame it on their great-great-grandfather that had it. I don't know why people are so interested in genealogy. And folks are always interested in their own genealogy, not somebody else's genealogy. Say amen. But I'm interested in this genealogy because, friend, that's the heir of the throne of the king of David. And folks, God used a little humble man named Joseph. I was thinking about this genealogy and think, you know, wonder if someone were related to you, you didn't want to really have it published. Like the woman who wrote a well-known author and asked him to search her genealogy so that she could publish the findings. And uh, he agreed and, and he became, began to research and he discovered that one of her distant relatives, this would be my luck, had been murdered and uh, was a murderer and was electrocuted at the famous Zing Sing prison at the state of New York. He came to her and said, look, I'm, a, I'm an honest author. I've got to include the man in your genealogy. She begged him to leave the man out of the family tree. He refused to do it. And finally he said, look, if you include what happened to him, at least write it in such a way that people won't exactly know he was electrocuted to death at Sing Sing Prison. And he agreed. The book came out and she rushed to the page where he wrote her ancestry and the following entry of his name read, he occupied the chair of applied electricity in one of the best and uh, one of America's best-known institutions. He was very much attached to his position, and he died in the harness. Amen. That's the way to put it. Say amen. I'm going to tell you something, friend. God help us uh, to realize that we have a genealogy. Amen. And we're part of the tree of Jesus, and thank God it's because of the Calvary. Thank the Lord. The genealogy means something. He was born to die, and he died that we might live. And folks, I want you to see that um, not only do we see the three ladies that were defiled morally, uh, Tamar and, and uh, Rahab and, and, uh, and others, and, and folks, Ruth, and all these kings, and only one king is mentioned, David, but then it comes to Joseph. And we see the, the, the verse 18, that's where I want to take up this morning. 
And I want to preach on the unsung hero of Christmas. You know, the Catholics make Mary the mother of God. Luke chapter 1 says she was saved like any other sinner because she praised Him as her Savior and her Lord. Amen? And her Creator. Body, soul, and spirit she worshiped God with. And she was saved just like any other sinner. And Mary was a very poor person. How do you know that? Because she offered turtle doves instead of a sheep. Couldn't even afford a sheep. They were very poor and very humble. But I tell you, I think the real hero of, um, the real hero of, of Christmas is not the wise men that came three years later and came to the house and not the manger. We'll, we'll preach on that another time. And it's not the, the cows that were lowing and the sheep that were um, uh, uh, there or the, or, or, and, and all the other uh, 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 turtle, the, the donkeys and the sheep and the figures, Mary and all the people, the shepherds. No, I believe the hero, the unsung hero of Christmas is Joseph. And I want to show you why this morning that he was an unsung hero of Christmas. Let's stand on the Word of God and we'll read verses 18 through the end of the chapter and we'll preach just a little while. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as Mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. I believe that, don't you? And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her public example, minded to put her away privately. But while she thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, all caps, Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and, and, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until, <clears throat> until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name, say it with me, Jesus. You may be seated, Father. Thank you for Joseph and his yieldedness, his character, his conduct. God, we thank you, Lord, for his compassion. And Lord, help us to realize that there's a great story around the manger when Joseph did not put or divorce Mary. And he wasn't with her physically, but he did exactly what God said and was submissive during a very humiliated and a very tragic time in his life. So dear God, help us to realize how great a person that Joseph was because he worshiped the great God and he yielded to the great Holy Spirit within him. And We'll praise you and thank you, Lord, for helping us to see the real meaning of Christmas even through the life of yieldedness that Joseph demonstrated. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice the life of Joseph. First of all, I want you to see the Christian character. You know, character is measured by what it takes to get you to quit. You know, anybody can start something, but to finish it. Amen? Somebody told me uh, that a diet was measured on not how much you lose, but how, uh, how much you do not gain after you get off that diet. Amen? 
I'll say amen to that, praise God. And I don't even talk about food right now. But I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this, friend. Character is what you do when nobody's around. Character is what you do when, and you know that nobody will find out except God. Character is doing right because right's right. But character is yielding to the Spirit of God and pleasing God rather than man. So there's many characters, but do you have character? We taught on that in Sunday school, or listened to that in Sunday school. And I want you to see, first of all, what made Joseph such a great man. And uh, in verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when his mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. And look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded uh, to put her away privately. And so first of all, I want you to notice the consecration of Joseph. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a just man. And folks, the Bible tells us that uh, he lived for God, and that he was a righteous man. He was a man of faith. Joseph was a just man, not willing to make her wife a public example. And so, folks, he walked by faith. And I want to tell you something, the only way he's just is he was justified by the grace of God. And he was saved by the grace of God. I want to tell you something, you won't have much character unless you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You won't have much joy this Christian life, uh, this, this Christmas, unless you have the joy of the Lord. And a lot of people are looking for things. And, you know, sometimes, uh, folks, and I do preach against this, uh, there's materialistic side of Christmas that's wrong. There's the, uh, there, there's the getting side and the selfish side. Everybody thinks they're entitled to get something for Christmas. And you know what would be a wonderful blessing? is if you gave some people some stuff that was around, not, when they weren't, it wasn't around Christmas, just because you loved them, because you wanted to bless them that you had Christmas in July and uh, August, amen? You know, the, the very uh, fact and forelow of uh, uh, folklore of, uh, of Santa Claus, you better be good or you're not going to get a gift. I use that many times as bribery. And folks, listen, that's works, amen? A real gift is that God came to this earth and gave His Son unmerited faith. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to get good. We better not pout. We better not shout. Folks, we don't have to worry about that. Thank God, because it's all by grace. The Christian life is grace. And what made Joseph such a gracious man was he was consecrated. That means he was dedicated. Every part of him belonged to God, and God set that up. He was not only in the lineage of David as the adopted father, and he didn't beguile him. He just was there to be the husband, the adopted father. What a blessing. And folks, there's hundreds of thousands of children all around America that have no home because they need somebody to adopt them and take them into their homes and get them out of the uh, junk they're living in. And folks, that's a wonderful uh, Christmas gift. But folks, it was consecrated. He was consecrated. He was dedicated. Then second of all, he was compassionate. You know, instead of reacting in anger, he responded uh, in anger, he responded in love. Now, any man of that day would have put their wife away. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 13 through 21, that they could even have their, their wife killed for adultery. And folks, the adultery stage started in the betrothal. Then engagement, they were called husband and wife. 
It was that binding. And it was a and it was a betrothal time. And folks, I want to tell you something. He could at least not maybe not put her to death, but he could at least maybe publicly divorced her and left her destitute financially because of this baby that no man would ever want to marry her. But Joseph, he loved her. And folks, he had compassion on her. And folks, I want to tell you what made him one of the unsung heroes is that we see that he had compassion and he had character. Let me say this. How we respond in crisis reveals a lot about our character. Amen? Anybody can live for God when everything's hunky-dory. Anybody can live for God when all the blessings are in line and you got heat and you got a roof over your head. I noticed some of the little uh, bus kids coming in in their shirt sleeves this morning. Uh, we, ought, we ought to take care of that. We ought to be sure that none of them are cold. Amen? And if they don't have a jacket, you let me know. Sunday school teachers, you investigate that. We need to get those little kids some coats. Amen? If they, if they don't have one, we'll get them one. But I want to tell you something, compassion is you being cold when they're cold. Compassion is being homeless when, when you have a nice home. Compassion is putting yourself in somebody else's place. And I believe with all my heart, Joseph had compassion that made a difference. Amen? And then we see Joseph's call in verse 20 through 23. And folks, this is as Joseph deliberated his situation. He said, I, 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 it was in his mind to put her away. You know what he's thinking about? What am I going to do? You ever been in a place where you said, my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to react? I mean, somebody has hurt me. Mary has hurt me. She's been uh, with some man during our betrothal, during our engagement. Uh, and it was counted almost as marriage in those Bi the Bible days. And folks, we see the godly model. We see the call of God. And we see that, folks, because he did not react in anger, anger because he... Um, uh, stayed close to God during this crisis time, God revealed Himself to him. And I want you to see the revelation in verse 20. First of all, the revelation of His pers person. It says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Notice that. Thou son of David. Can't get out of that lineage, amen? Can't get out of the, gene the genealogy. It said, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Fear not to take into Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Folks, we see the revelation of a person. The Lord called to Joseph and was dealing with his hurts, dealing with his fears. The angel of the Lord told him plainly that the child growing in Mary's womb was the Son of God. The Lord was calling Joseph to be that surrogate father that adopted father to the Messiah, the substitute, what surrogate means. And folks, so we see the revelation of a person. Folks, the angel of the Lord came and talked to him and told him, God, the Lord uh, appeared unto him in a dream and said, hey, listen, this is all planned by God because we've got to bring Jesus <clears throat> to this earth so he can be the Savior. And then we see the revelation of the purpose in verse 21. And she brought and she bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for she shall say, so he shall save his people from their sins. The one who will provide salvation for whosoever will is residing in that womb. That's why, friend, it's a, it's a precious, precious thing when a lady is carrying a baby. Because that baby is human. That baby has life. 
It's not protoplasm. It should not be aborted. Praise God, it ought to be birthed. And if the nest is not prepared, <clears throat> I, I can recommend several families that would take that baby. Amen? And I will say this, friend. God help us to realize the purpose of every child born is to glorify God. The purpose of every child born is to please God. The purpose of every child born is to magnify and glorify God as a light, Brother Jack, to this world that's in such darkness and distress. And so the revelation of the purpose, and then we see the revelation of the plan. Look at verse 22. Now all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then they told Joseph, God's working out an eternal purpose. And I believe maybe Joseph had just read Isaiah 7, 14 maybe, and saw the prophecy 700 years, 712 years before the B.C., before the fact, had been written by Isaiah. And folks, listen, God is going to bring to pass all the prophecy and all the purpose and all the power for us to be saved. Amen? So it's a revelation of the person. It's a revelation of the purpose. And it's a revelation of the plan. And folks, when you're going through distress, if you've got Christian character, I'm going to tell you what you do. You don't get upset and react in anger. You submit to God. And you listen to His voice and you pray. I mean, he's been through some times where literally the spiritual wind was knocked out of you. Man, you couldn't see the horizon. You didn't know if the next morning was going to come. You'd lost somebody dear to you. Maybe somebody that you, that you thought loved them walked out on you. You felt forsaken. And I want to tell you something, folks. The natural human reaction is, is to get mad and bitter and even and get as bad as the person that hurt you. You can't control people hurting you, but you can control how you react to them. Your reactions are showing. And folks, when you react in anger, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it clearly. That anger is controlling you. And as a Christian, no one, nothing should control you except the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't let that control you. I know it's not easy, but Joseph could have put her away. He could have got angry. Hey, listen to this. He could have got embarrassed. You know, most of the time we get angry, <clears throat> pride. Oh, she made me look bad, so I'm going to go ahead and just make her look bad. Then you start, you know, uh, destroying everything that they have, and you get down as low as they are, and you, and you uh, smear their reputation. But I want to tell you something. In the time of crisis, a person of Christian character, they see the revelation of Jesus. They only see the revelation of Jesus. They see the revelation of the purpose and they see the plan. Folks, the plan is all things work together for the good of them that love God called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that you might be more like Him. Folks, that's the plan. He's working it together. Say amen. Now our plan is let's have Christmas every day. Amen. Our plan is I want everything in that catalog. The other day I said, I said um, one of my grandchildren, I think it was Bryce, I said, circle everything you want for Christmas. He took the whole magazine, just circled the whole thing. I mean, the whole front page. He just put a big ring around this smile, hand to me. I said, God bless you. <laughs> Part of the plan of God is not just getting. The plan of God is that God has made you a vessel 
of honor. And I want to tell you something. I, I'm not trying to lift up Joseph over Jesus. I definitely wouldn't lift up Mary over Jesus because the Catholic Church has destroyed that. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you, friend, Joseph had some character. And God, Joseph had some compassion. And then I want you to see in closing Joseph's conduct. He followed through. Look at verse 24. And then Joseph being raised from the, uh, listen, raised from the sleep. Let me read verse 23. That's a key verse. I almost left out. Behold, a virgin shall be, uh, be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. What a revelation of God's purpose, of God's person, of God's plan. You know, the plan of salvation is the most wonderful plan there is. The plan is generous. The plan is gracious. And the plan is supernatural. And, and folks, we need to share with the world the plan of salvation, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. There's nothing more. Folks, there's not a, there's not a second plan. There's not a plan of works. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something, friend. Some people just get all out of sorts during this time and, and they get all humbuggish and and they're against it all, and they think this is pagan, and that's pagan. Even the name Christmas is pagan. I'll deal with that tonight. But I want to tell you something, friend. What's, what's pagan is when we forget the purpose of Christmas. When we forget the person of Christmas. When we, get, we forget the plan of Christmas. He was born to go to Calvary. And folks, over the cradle was a shadow of the cross. But I want you to see the follow-through, the conduct. Not only the character... Not only the compassion, the call, but praise God, the conduct. First of all, I want you to notice in this godly man, there was something that a lot of men don't have. And that's very simply that Joseph did what God said. He was submissive. We always talk about the woman being submissive to us. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. You need to be submissive to God. You need to realize you ought to have your wife follow you as you follow Christ. And by the way, you ought to be submissive to God and realize that unless God's in your mate, don't marry her. Amen. I mean, what made Mary so attractive was that Jesus was in her. Amen. And that Jesus was going to live through her. And that she was, she was going to be saved by the death, burial, and resurrection. And very simply, Joseph did what the Lord said. And, he, and then we see uh, in this submissiveness his humility. You know, the humility. There was three uh, theories going around Mary's pregnancy. Number one, that the baby was Joseph. That was, that was, world, that was uh, area-wide. Then, the, then there was another one, uh, John 6, 42, that the baby belonged to Mary's secret lover. And then number three, Mary was raped by a Roman soldier. And folks, I want you to know none of that was the truth. And I will tell you though, but Joseph probably heard it all. And Joseph was submissive in that he humbled himself and he, and, and, and he brought shame upon the life of Joseph. The adopted son was Jesus Christ. He had the privilege of adopting Jesus. And he could have ran from that privilege and said, I don't want to bear the shame. I don't want to bear the humiliation. And folks, he drew nigh to God and God drew nigh to him and he submitted himself to the will of God. God brought it to pass. That's why he's one of the greatest heroes of the Christmas story. Is that folks, he was the adopted father. And second of all, 
Not only was he submissive in his humility, but he was submissive in his obedience. Without quibbling, without hesitation, Joseph did exactly what he was commanded. And folks, I want to tell you something. He submitted when it wasn't easy. Because there was a lot of humiliation going on. There was a lot of law that said, put her away. Divorce her. Or take her to the government officials and have her stoned. But he loved her. And he listened to the voice of God. And last but not least, verse 25, he surrendered. And the Bible says, And Joseph raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, took unto him his wife. And listen to this. And he knew her not till he had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. He called him Jesus. And folks, he, had no, he put himself aside and even his natural desires and physical desires that he'd have for a new wife. And he put it on the back burner and said, hey, whatever God wants. And folks, I want to tell you the conclusion of the matter is he did what was commanded. And folks, one day, nine months later or so, he was holding his Creator in his arms. What an immaculate conception. What a miracle. And folks, I want you to know the unsung hero was Joseph of Christmas. His character, his call, and his conduct. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas is that, Lord, we need to yield our body, our soul, our emotions our hurts, our accomplishments, our victories, all to Thee. And Lord, I thank You for the unsung hero of around the cradle. I thank You, dear God, that Joseph had the revelation of Jesus. And he believed the words of Jesus. And not only did he believe, but he submitted and he obeyed and he humbled himself and became a true servant. Lord became a great husband and a great daddy and raised the little Jesus in a carpenter's shop. And about three days later, the Magi showed up and the kings of Orient art showed up and started worshiping in that little carpenter's shop as they worshiped the boy named Jesus. And then, dear God, as they traveled and left him in the temple with a great caravan and realized that Jesus profound the professors. And then they had to go all the way to Calvary and see their son die on a cross. Lord, it was all your plan. It was all your purpose. It's all the real meaning of Christmas. And Lord, Joseph got in on it because he believed and because he submitted. Because he surrendered what he wanted and gave in to what God wanted. And now, Lord, some 2,000 years later, we can lift him up as the unsung hero, the man of Christian character, man of humility, the man of obedience, the 
man that believed God and his actions showed it. God help every man in this room be a Joseph. And God help every lady in this room be a Mary carrying Jesus to a lost and dying world.